this coronavirus. Uh, if you haven't heard about the coronavirus, you've probably been in a cave. <laughs> but everything that's been happening with this coronavirus, I, I want to say this. The coronavirus is not even the issue. It's so much bigger than that. It's so much bigger than that. You see, the Bible says that we battle not against flesh and blood. And we need to understand that. That we battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And we, we, you've heard me say this before, that there, there is realms, there's a second heaven, there's a third heaven. The, the Bible speaks about the, the heavenly realms. And the, the second heaven is where the demonic realm lives. And there's a soulish realm. It's the emotional realm, all that that, that takes place. And we have to understand that there's a spirit that's at work. There's a spirit that's at work. It's a demonic spirit that is at work. See, it's not about the coronavirus at all. <laughs> the coronavirus. And isn't that crazy how even like you look at the name, because corona means crown, how the enemy comes and even tries to pervert and twist tries to steal the very thing because we're, you know, we, we carry the crowns. But see, the demonic spirit is at work and its name is called fear. This spirit is crippling believers and it's getting them to agree with the lies that it's spewing out right now. You see, fear and some of you may disagree with me, and that's okay. But fear is lack of, lack of faith. Fear is what holds hands with the spirit of unbelief. Now listen, I'm, I'm not trying to say because if you found yourself fearful that you're, you're an unbeliever. That's not what I'm saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. What I'm saying is that fear holds hands with the spirit of unbelief. Unbelief leads to a spirit of rebellion. You see, there's a bigger picture at work. And rebellion is described in 1 Samuel 15 as a sin of witchcraft. Come on, do you, can we see the trail? Fear is lack of faith. Fear holds hands with the spirit of unbelief. Unbelief leads to rebellion. And rebellion is that of witchcraft. It's all spiritual. 1 Samuel 15, 23 says this, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as the iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Now, rebellion and unbelief and fear are all rooted, they're all rooted by an antichrist spirit. Anything that speaks opposite of what the, what the scriptures say, anything that speaks opposite of the character and the nature of God, anything that speaks anti-Jesus is an antichrist spirit. Period. Rebellion is not of God. Unbelief is not of God. Sin is not of God. These things are rooted by an antichrist spirit. So, I'll ask this question, and maybe you can just, just ponder it in your own thoughts. But what is fear? And there's, there's different levels of fear, guys. I am fearful of roller coasters. <laughs> I don't know if that's the same kind of fear that the Bible's talking about. But my fear is that uh, it probably is. There's probably not no way around it, period. But I, I do. I, I'm going to be transparent. I have a fear of falling out of a roller coaster. And I shouldn't feel that way. But I'm a little bit bigger than the average guy. And those clicks don't go. It just go like. 
right? And there's something about, you know, but anyways, I have a fear of falling out. Like, I don't get on those things. But my kids are like, ah. So fear comes in different ways. That's my whole point of doing all that. But in the carnal, fear is a complicated emotion that can be motivate us and it can even paralyze us. Fear will paralyze you. Depending and it'll it'll paralyze us depending on how we choose to approach it. Let me give you an example. Oh, well, the roller coaster would have been a good example. But I'm going to just be transparent, okay? There was a time that when I would pray for somebody, the enemy would come and whisper in my mind, like, what are you doing? You're going to pray for that person, and that very thing's going to come on you. I would be praying for somebody with cancer. And I would hear the whispers of the enemy in my mind because I know that's not God. See, we have to recognize the voice of the Lord and when the enemy tries to bring a whisper and a thought. And I would like, oh man, here I am praying for somebody and what if I get that? See, I was, I was in, one time I was in, when I was in India, see, how many of y'all ever heard of leprosy in the Bible? Leprosy is, is very prevalent right now in India. And I was taken to a place where they asked me to pray for a couple people that were dealing with leprosy. And they brought the people up to me. And I'm like, yo. <laughs> I've read the word. I know, like, you know, and... and See, I'm, I'm being transparent. I'm not, I'm not trying. Because, see, the enemy will lie. Fear will try to come and sit upon us. It'll try to get us to agree with the lie of the devil. And I'm like, man, if I pray for this guy, what, what happens if I get it? What happens if I get it and then there's not a, I mean, there's like a, not a known cure for it, I think, and then I go home and then I spread the disease. The question that what if, do, I mean, that the devil does is this, it, it, he, in fear, it's what if. When you're moving in fear, the biggest question that you'll say and ask yourself is what if? What if I give this big offering? What if I don't make what happens? What if I leave the state? What if I take a leap of faith and just go to the next mission in the country? What if? And fear will cripple you. Because fear, let me tell you, fear is selfish. I've prayed, listen, I've had the, I call it an honor and a privilege to see God heal many people. But I pray for people that have had, hate, have had AIDS and, and HIV and, and leprosy. And, and you name all kinds of different things that I've been able to lay hands on people. And lay hands. Was I afraid? This fear tried to come and sit upon me. But in the name of Jesus... The blood of Jesus covers any infirmity. So, I'm going to get somewhere with this. I heard this a lot. Well, we got to use wisdom. We have to use wisdom, brother. And I agree with wisdom. Listen, wisdom is so important. We have to use wisdom. Wisdom is this. Understanding of that what is true, that what is right, that that is lasting. That's what wisdom is. God is desiring to 
the way, change the way we see, the way we speak, and how we hear. There's a wisdom from God that changes the perspective and our life patterns. True wisdom gives better results than one saying, I'm just going to follow my heart. I'm just going to, I just feel it's best that I do this or I do that. See, that's not wisdom. That's an emotion that's tied to fear, that's tied to what if. What if I go to church this morning and somebody coughs? This is a true story. Don't be coughing over here. No, but but what? This is because see, we are not of this world. We're called to be set apart. We don't function on on this level of understanding our carnal knowledge of thinking. Greater is he that's inside of us. Man, I love the story about John G. Lake getting the, what was it, the bubonic put in his hand and it dissolved Ebola, the black plague, plague. put it in his hand and it, it dissolved. The plague died in his hand. Guess what? That's the same Jesus that lives inside of you and I. The same same spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ from the grave lives inside of you and I. Is he not bigger than the coronavirus? Come on, Jesus. Jesus. So we hear, we have to use wisdom. And wisdom is this. Wash your hands. Keep your hands clean. Don't be putting your fingers in your mouth. That's wisdom. Don't be going around rolling on the dirt, coughing on people. I mean, that's wisdom. Prayer uh, um, in Ephesians 1, if you have your Bible, let's, let's just turn there really quick. This is Paul's prayer. We can call this an apostolic prayer. But we see in Ephesians 1, uh, verse 16 and 17, Paul says, I have, not, I have not stopped thanking God for you, and I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom. And insight so that you might grow in the knowledge of God. See, man's wisdom and the spirit of wisdom are not the same. They're not the same. And sometimes what happens is our earthly emotion, our carnal thinking will try to label wisdom of man as wisdom of the spirit, and they're not the same. See, carnal wisdom will say, what if I go outside, listen, what if I go outside and I get sick and then I get this virus and I, then, then my, my kids are going to get in and then all this, and then I'm, I, I won't, I'll be out of work and then I won't have money and then I'll lose my car and then I won't be able to have money to pay my mortgage. All because I went outside. Where is God in all of that? Where is he in that? That we would grow in the knowledge of God. That word knowledge, it's referred to as the truth. It's referred to as truth. So when he says that you would know 
grow in the knowledge of God. He's saying that you would grow in the truth of God, that you would grow in the truth knowing the truth of God. The truth of God produces the peace of God. And because we have peace, we can have a sound mind. <laughs> a sound, what does it look like to have a sound mind? You know what fear is? The spirit of fear? I looked this up. The spirit of fear is, is labeled as a tormenting spirit. It's a demonic tormenting spirit. I wrote something on my, my little status the other day, and I wrote, I can't help but think about what Jesus, I can't help think about when Jesus healed the leopard and what it would have looked like if Jesus would have said, I'm not going to go out today. What would that have looked like? What would it look like if Jesus would have said, you know what? Man, the leopard colonies, man, they're flaring up today. And they got rashes really bad, man. Their the sores are oozing out. I think I'm gonna stay in today, guys. I'm not gonna go out. I'm not gonna. What would it have looked like if Jesus would have responded in fear? I'll tell you. Matthew eight, verse twelve, says. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and he knelt before him. I have leprosy. Jesus is here. Came and he kneels before him. Now it's like, whoa, brother, get away. <laughs> Whoo! But he comes and he kneels before him and the man says, if you are willing, can you heal me? And make me clean. Then Jesus reached out. And guess what he did? He touched him. He touched him. He says, Jesus reached out and he touched him. And he says, I am willing, he said. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. See, fear will put us in a place and it'll stop us from stepping out. Fear will tell us to get back into the cave. Fear will say, you know what, it's time to bunker down. Don't leave the house. Lock up the doors. Roll down the windows and don't talk to nobody. That's what fear will do. And listen, and I'm not coming against people that are, that are, that are doing that. that. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But I want you to understand that you're a son and, the, and a daughter of the Most High. And there's an, there's an authority of heaven that lives inside of you. And if we really believe, listen, if we really believe that Jesus is inside of us, then why are we so fearful of going outside? Are we situational believers does, it, does, our, does our faith only come based on the situation? Like, oh, the flu is really bad this day. Okay, well, that's a bad situation. That probably is not my level of faith right now. My level of faith is only a cold. <laughs> right? Oh, my faith is a migraine headache. We got to raise our faith. <laughs> right? Now, we know many believers have their own relationships with the Lord. And this is really important. I want you to hear my heart on this. And we're all in a different season in our walk. Every one of us is in a different season of our walk. <clears throat> Holy Spirit will lead you into making the decisions that is best for you 
in your season. It's so if the spirit of the Lord is telling you that you should stay home, stay home. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> We cannot misunderstand or we cannot, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, mistake wisdom from fear. though, Because fear will make us do something and make decisions based in a place of being afraid, being there, uh, lacking. You see, Jesus is the healer. He's our healer. Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. And I'm going to tell you what. There's three words that I can tell you that eradicates everything. And I think we all know it. It is finished. Jesus eradicated every, every assault of the enemy that day on the cross. He squashed the spirit of fear. Fear has nothing on us. <clears throat> it's time for us to walk in the truth and freedom and to speak healing power of Jesus over us and over every person that we come in contact with. Listen, we are the church. We are not supposed to retreat and run. We get on social media nowadays and the believers are hiding. Oh, well, I'm not going to go here. And like, and I said, I've seen it. I'm watching these conversations that people are having on social media. Like, well, aren't you a believer? Aren't you a Christian? Well, yeah, but well, I thought you believed you could do this. Like, I have an excuse. I don't believe. But you, you're always wanting to pray for everybody. How, how can we have two pulpits? Listen, it's not even the end time. I mean, listen, we're coming. We're not even in a place where, where all mayhem is blown. Come out. There's going to come a time. There's going to come a time. How are we going to respond? Do we, do we shrivel up and go back into the cave? Or does a church step out and become the light? You realize that I got, I got like disturbing messages because I said we were going to be open. That the doors are going to be open. People that live in the community of Brian started coming against me, sending me ugly messages. They said, You're irresponsible. No, I'm not. Like, you got to have someone to come and get healed. If they can't come to the church and the people out there are running and hiding, where are they going to go? Listen, I'm yelling and I, I said I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Hmm. Wow. But I believe that we're on the verge of seeing a move of God. And what if this is just a test run? I really believe that within a couple of weeks, this thing's going to blow over. We're all going to get our toilet paper back. <laughs> Come on. I don't even understand all that. <laughs> I don't understand it. Yeah. But I guess I'm like, babe, go get all the taco shells you can. <laughs> <laughs> but all serious, and no disrespect. Listen, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be dishonorable at all. But what I'm saying is that. The Lord has given us a standard to live by. And it's okay for those who don't know better. 
but we know the, we know the truth. It's time for us to walk in that. To, be, to not walk in a place of fear, but to walk in a place of being free. To walk boldly. Come on, we got, we got to walk free. <clears throat> so I'm going to address this really quick because I think it's important. If someone is being led by the Holy Spirit to make a decision and they believe that heaven's wisdom is for them, so be it. We should never condemn or look at other believers as of having as of having less faith. That's what I want you I want to say. Because somebody may not be here today doesn't mean that they have less faith. That's not what that means. Nor is this a message of condemnation towards anybody. Their heavenly wisdom is just as much God as it is for us who are here. It is also God. There's no difference. I'm going to give a scripture for that, and that's in Romans 14, verse 3. And he says, those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And, who, and those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do. God has accepted them both. So there may be people that may not be at a level where some others are. They may not be at a place. They may still have a little bit of fear that's kind of dwindling in the back, but it doesn't mean that they're, 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 they're any, you know what I'm saying? I've really been seeking the Lord, and I've been asking the Lord how we're supposed to respond to all this. I've been really kind of, Slow. I wrote a couple things on social media re regarding it, but but how we respond. And if, if you've got your Bibles, let's, let's turn. We're going to read this. Um, we're going to go to Psalms 91. Come on. And the, what the Lord told me, he says, you lean on my word. You lean on my word. Thank you, Lord. Psalms 91 says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Come on, that's the way to start it right there. How many of you live in the shelter of the Most High? He says, We'll find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. Come on, let's read that again. Mm-hmm. He says, he will rescue you from every trap. What is a trap? Fear. The agreement. Listen, I shared this a while back about an encounter I had where I saw like this. I saw in the vision where the enemy was throwing out these little traps. And then I saw where the enemy threw out a big trap. And they looked like they were mouse traps in this vision that I had. They were those sticky traps. There was a big one, and you could see really, like, I mean, it was so exposed. 
But then there was these little bitty ones that were in the corner. And in this vision, this encounter that I had, I'm praying. I said, Lord, what's up with the little trap? And the Lord spoke to me, and he says, that's the plan of the enemy right now. I said, well, what is it? He says, it's called agreement. That was the plan of the enemy. He says, it's agreement. And let me tell you what happens. That little bitty trap, when we give agreement to the whisper and the thought, it gives access for the enemy to come in. I, I give this little visual. What would you do if you woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning and you walked down into the living room and all the windows in your house were open? The front door is open. The curtains are blown open. I mean, you can see it's like just completely open. You'd probably freak out. I can imagine getting up in the morning, get 2 o'clock in the morning, go and get a glass of water. Like, whoa, the house is open. Everything's open. You'd probably retract. I mean, I don't know what you would do, but I'd probably get back and pull out a gun or something. Like, whoa, some, baby, somebody's in the house. Watch out. Don't go nowhere. What's going on? What well, The doors are open. Somebody's here. See, that's what the enemy does. He lays a small trap. He get, and then we give agreement to the whisper of the enemy. And what happens is we give access and he comes into our spiritual house and he begins to open the doors and the windows of our spiritual house. And no longer are we just dealing with the trap that we had. But guess what he did? He threw out more traps. Spirit of fear. Spirit of homosexuality. Spirit of pride. All these areas throw out their little traps. And now I'm not just depressed, but now I'm feeling suicidal. Now hope deferred is coming. So all these things come from agreement. Psalms 91 says, come on, I love that. Jesus, you rescue us from every trap. And you protect us from every disease. He will cover you with his feathers. And he will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Come on. What is his promises towards us? What has God spoken over us in the word? What has he spoken over you and I? I'll tell you one. Right now, in the, in the area that we're at, no weapon formed against you will prosper. No coronavirus for them to get you a prosper. Simple. Oh, well, brother, I, I don't know. You know, that's 5,000 people in China. Now, now f uh, f 100 people in Ohio. <sighs> Man, what about all the babies that are being aborted? You don't care about that. Uh His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. And here we go. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrows that fly in the day. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking spiritually to you. I mean, this, this was... Do not dread the diseases, the disease that stalks in the darkness or the disaster that strikes at midday. Come on, isn't that where we're at right now? That's right where we're at. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evil will not touch you. And then he says, just open your eyes. Open your eyes. 
and see how the wicked are punished. Come on. Open our eyes and see. <laughs> There's something about that. Lord, open our eyes today, God. Let us see. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. It's not that hard. Well, brother, you don't know my story. Gosh, this is happening to me and that's happening to me. Well, have you made him your most high? Is he your shelter today? Is he your part time Jesus? He says, no evil will conquer you. And then it says, no plague will come near your home. <laughs> hey, we could dance with that one. No plague will come near your home. That includes the C word. <laughs> Man, I'm so tired of hearing about that. <laughs> By a show of hands, how many believe this is real? How many believe this is truth? Then it's up to us to be the light in the dark place to tell people the good news. <laughs> I'm like, let me pray for you. Oh, aren't you afraid? No, I'm not. I'm not afraid. And if I get sick, God's going to heal me. And if he doesn't and I die, then I go to heaven. As long as we're being obedient to the Lord and we're being led in the Spirit. Now, I'm not saying just to go lay hands on everybody. I'm not saying that. Let the Lord lead you. Spirit of wisdom. Remember. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels, come on, to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up in their hands so you won't even get hurt. You won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will rescue those who love me. Thank you, Lord. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. That's what we did this morning. We were calling upon the Lord for our region. We we're calling on the Lord. We pray for the region, God. We pray for the pity, the, the, the people, the city. We pray for the nation, God. He says, if we trust him, he'll protect those. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. And I will reward them with long life and the gift and give them my salvation. So you mean to tell me we trust the Lord. We, we, we make him the most high. And then he honors us Amen. with long life. Come on. It's a win-win. <laughs> uh, I'm almost there. I'm almost finished, guys. As Christians, we must never allow fear to dominate our lives um it can become our it can become our focus and it'll take our eyes off of God. It'll take our eyes off of God. Hmm. Jesus. 
No, I said this fear is a spirit. It's a tormenting spirit. It intends to keep you from fulfilling the very destiny that God has called you to. John, 1 John 4.18 says this. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Whoa. Come on, that's a loaded one. Fear will put us in bondage. Fear will put us in bondage. Romans 8, verse 15 says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You see, we see that. Fear gives leads to bondage. Fear can come in many forms. <laughs> but I'm going to read a couple of natural signs of fear. Here we go. I want you to pay attention to this. Some natural forms of fear. <laughs> Are you ready? Sweating. Trembling. Hot flashes or chills. Shortness of breath. Difficulty breathing. A choking sensation. Rapid heartbeat. Pain or tightness in the chest. And even a sensation of butterflies in your stomach. These are the characteristics of fear to the body. What does that sound like to y'all? Sounds like the coronavirus. So now let me read what the coronavirus says. Fever. Cough. Shortness of breath. Difficulty breathing. Pressure or pain in the chest. Flush lips and flush face. See, the problem is not the coronavirus. The problem is the spirit of fear. Hmm, Jesus. Fear opens up the door to anxiety, depression, and hope deferred. It will make you isolate yourself, and it'll pull you away from relationships. It'll pull you away from God-appointed connections. It'll pull you away. This is not the time to move in fear, but rather it's time to press in to the Lord to see his healing hand sweep over us. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, we all know this scripture. We've probably seen it all over Facebook and everywhere. But it says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. Fear will cause us to be selfish and loveless. Listen. Fear will cause us to be selfish and loveless. And I'm like, God, what do you, what do you mean? We will make decisions that are tilted towards increasing personal gain. And decreasing risk. Yeah, exactly. So what do we look? What do you mean? It's, what, what do you mean? It's so, man, we we couldn't even get a, a roll of toilet paper. Because people went and took the shelves. You can't get a pack of meat. 
You can't get sanitizer. You can't get cleaning products. Because people are moving in fear, and they don't care about nobody but themselves. They're selfish. It's not them. It's a spirit. They're loveless. The spirit is loveless. I mean, if it was us, we'd like, well, we'll buy one, but we'll leave one for somebody else. We're just going to get what we need. We trust the Lord. We want to be a blessing, but no, they're like, give it all. People are fighting. They're selling the bottle of sanitizer. I saw it today for $115. They're doing, what is it? It's selfish. It's for personal gain. In a time of crisis, the enemy will even use that to bring division. See, it's a spiritual thing. Fear will take away the power, love, and a sound mind. Jesus. You know, it's wild. Yeah, people are, oh, they're selling um, toilet paper. I saw, I, this is, it, it's real. I thought it was a joke. But they're selling toilet paper for like 50 bucks. For like four rolls of toilet paper. My gosh. Right? But see, that's why it's important that the church rise up. That we can be a blessing. You need toilet paper? Man, go to the go to the outreach center. We've got plenty. You need you need food? We've got it. You need sanitizer? We've got it. You need prayer? We got it. You need this? We've got it. That's what the church is supposed to look like. What happens when people line up at the door? They they've got sickly diseases. You mean to tell me that the people in the hospital that work, the nurses and the doctors, have more faith than the believers? Mind you, they get a paycheck, but they're still there. They show up anyway. I think we need to model something. Jesus, come on. John 14. Um. John 14, verse 12 through 14. It starts off and he says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been done, I've been doing. And they will even do greater things than these because I am going to be with the Father. 13. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. We talked about this in the class where the word very truly. That word very truly in the beginning literally means, listen, I'm not lying to you. It's like Jesus is saying, for real. <laughs> like what I'm saying is the truth. Listen, very truly. Fear has no preference. It will attack anyone who gives access to it. I'm going to try to wind this down a little bit. Oh, Jesus, okay. Hmm. Well, well, well. Okay. So we see, um, we see in Judges, we see in Judges 6 a story about a man named Gideon. You see, fear has no preference. It will attach itself to anybody or anything that gives it access. So in Judges 6, we have a story where God commands Gideon to rescue the, the, the Israelites. But what does he do? He goes and he hides in the wine press. The Fear comes upon him. Mind you, he was appointed by God. God's telling him. 
He goes and he hides in the wine press to escape his enemies. Then we see um, in the story where Gideon begins to demonstrate fear and anxiety and doubt. And he's constantly testing God. First, he had God consume the offering. We all know the story. If you want to read it, it's in Judges 6, uh, 20, all the way down. Then he petitions God to send the morning dew only on a piece of fleece that he had laid out. Finally, for good measure, um, he lays out the fleece, and again, he asks God for the exact opposite this time. You see, fear had him making decisions. Fear had him, had him uh, testing God. But we see that, I'm um, sorry. We see that when he finally was obedient and he began to trust in the Lord, we saw him move in victory and he was used to rescue the Israelites. Obedience does not require us to be fearless. It only asks for us to have faith to follow God in difficult times. Trusting the Lord. So here, I'm going to close up with this. Where do we find our freedom from fear? Where do we find our freedom from fear? And I know I shared this, I shared this before, but it's in John 19.30 when Jesus said those three words, it is finished. It is finished. We see in John 14, verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Father, we just say, Lord, let our hearts not be troubled this morning. Let our hearts not be troubled in this time, God. That we would move, God, in freedom, Lord. Freedom from fear. Jesus. Joshua 1.9 says this. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. And here we go. Do not be afraid. Listen, I want to encourage you today. Don't be afraid. Don't allow the spirit of fear to come and rest upon you or your house. read that again. I have Joshua 1 9. I have not commanded you. Have I not commanded you? I'm sorry. Be strong and be courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Everywhere you go. Man, that's a promise. That's a promise of the Lord. Isaiah 41, 13 says this. For I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you you ready do not fear <laughs> I will help you 
do not fear. I will listen, and it just this just not doesn't just apply to what's happening around us right now. This applies to every part of our life. When we feel like things are getting hard, when we feel like we we've, we've hit rock bottom, bottom, when we feel like we just want to give up, the Lord is saying, "Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. I've got you. I will never leave you." And then he says, I will help you. I will help you. No matter what it looks like. God, we bring it. I've got you, man. I've got you. Hey, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Holy Ghost. Let's stand. We, we come and we stand right now, God, in agreement, Lord. Father, right now, and we just speak freedom in this house. Freedom for those that are watching online, God. Freedom over every single one of our families, Lord. That fear would have no grip. Right now, in the name of Jesus, hmm, we break every assignment. We break every agreement with, with that spirit of fear. Fear, leave now in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We thank you that you're beginning to reveal to us, God, your goodness, God, your love, your joy, your peace, God. Right now, Father God. Father, and right now, Lord. And right where you're at, let this just be something that you do personal between you and the Lord. But even, even as I pray, Father, we repent, God. Of, of times that we might have agreed. Maybe we might have said things, God, even in our, in our conversations, Lord, that we've given life to fear. We've given life to discouragement, God. We've given life to areas, God, that, that, that you weren't in, Lord. Father, we repent this morning of that, Lord. And we speak victory over us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that your mercies are new every morning, God. And we declare, God, and we speak, God, that even now, Lord, that if this is your, your beginning, God, of a next move, of a, this great awakening, God, that you're bringing on this nation, God, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts, God. You would prepare us, God. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the increase of faith, God, in this walk, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you're, gonna, you're building us now, God to be a light in a dark place, God, that when everything seems grim, God, when everything seems desolate, God, when everything seems chaotic, God, that we will walk, Lord, and people will see you inside of us, Lord, and they'll want what we got, Lord, that they see the peace, God, that we would walk in peace, Lord. Thank you for the people in the city of Bryan and the surrounding areas, God for the harvest and the souls that are going to come to know who you are, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that every person that's going to be healed by the people in this room that are going to be able to pray for them, God. In your name, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you for the harvest, God. We thank you, Lord, for the harvest, God. We thank you for the increase, Jesus. And Father, today we choose to walk in freedom. 
breaking all ties with fear right now. No more fear of lack. No more fear of death. No more fear of rejection. No more fear. We just love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.